You are listening to Playback, a Variety podcast. I'm your host, Variety Awards editor Chris Tapley. Busy since when? I see a telly right. Yeah, man. That time of year, you know. You've been busy. You've been watching a lot of films because I've watched absolutely none. I have. I watched the female Ghostbusters for the first like ten minutes, and then I got kids, so like the rest of it was like uh, I don't know what happened. <laughs> Did they it. like it? The rest of it just been watching lots of documentaries about Dick Cheney. Yeah. And trying not to think about him since I was just playing him last night, and remember we're talking about oh stars. Yeah. You guys good with the fires? Cheney, you know. Uh, we had to get out. We had to leave our place. But the light was beautiful, yeah. wasn't it? The light was incredible. I got yeah. on my roof and got t- took a bunch of photographs because it was incredible. It looked like Mordor, um, man. Like the, some of the videos I saw. What did you say Mordor? It looked like Mordor. <laughs> <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Just the, the shape of the land and all of that on fire. It's just like ah. Oh. Yeah. Like that. Master's going to be there today, isn't he? What's that? Master. No, he's Oh, really? Oh, I like him being there because he yeah. just either either he says nothing, which is nice. You know, I had him just or, alone on a panel, right? Just and him in front of his guild, he actually talks so much. Oh, he does. I maybe maybe that. when it's with yeah, on, on, on on, he's on the topic. Yeah, yeah exactly. It was just. But the most famous yeah, thing, David, uh, he he did a David O. Russell film, and they were going through the edit at the end and everything and he was showing Massa and Massa didn't say anything and David tells this to everybody so I'm not talking out of school but he said he said to Massa what do you think and Massa hadn't said anything and Massa, Massa went if Massa not speak Massa not like <laughs> but he's, he's superb he's, he's one of these such a great artist I'm going to be talking to him soon actually you get the yeah. shot right the uh, yes I got yes. the, the first shot of you in the movie, I think, is amazing. Like right. this calcification of hatred yeah. is, is what's going on. And that would be a yeah, hero shot you. normally, the framing, but right. uh, it's fascinating the way that's kind of turned on its ear in that yeah. moment. So. Yeah. Well, that's what's nice, isn't it, about the film, right? It's yeah. the lack of. I mean, look, please don't talk to me about knowledge of film. You know, <laughs> I, I have virtually none. People tell me, and you can, I'm sure you know the searches. Um, yeah, people tell me, oh, this film reminds me of The Searchers. I've never seen The Searchers. Uh, people can't believe what I haven't seen. I've never seen like, The Sound of Music. I've never seen The Wizard of Oz. That was a Roger I've Ebert one. The, Sound of all Music. the different things. What do you mean? It was a, he, he had never seen The Sound of Music. Somebody oh, asked him way late in life, like, what movie right. have you not seen that people would be surprised and it was The Sound right. of Music? Oh, okay. So. Yeah. But, but that was his job. It's not my job to watch everything, you know? True. I think directors' <laughs> jobs. They, I, I think more, they have to... Eh, probably someone like Herzog would disagree with me, but 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 more likely they have to know the conversation of film, right? Yeah, and respond and sure. keeping uh, with what I do. I don't feel like you need to know. That's much good, man. About if you don't have to do it, you at shouldn't. All, you know? Go easy on Anyway, yourself. I get told hostiles reminds people of the people of the searchers, which I I hear is a good thing. That is a good thing. Right. That is a good. That's a tough one to be a touchstone, but that? it's a good one. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> here you go. Well, here we go. Uh, we're rolling. Okay. We have Christian Bale here today, star of Hostiles. Um, love this film, love this genre. You've worked in the genre a couple of times now, actually, with 310 to Yuma. 310 to Yuma, right. I actually had uh, Ben Foster here last year. Oh, on the yeah, show. he's great. Your yeah. co star in this and in 310. 
and not to dive in on a craft question immediately, but I, I thought I loved the way he put the notion of what acting is. He said, I'm not an artist, I'm a builder, which I really liked because it kind of demystifies it in some way. It, it, it uh, translates it to a trade, right. which I kind of dig, I guess. And I'm just curious right. your thoughts on those no- that notion. Um, my feeling is um, I don't really know uh, what it is, and I'm quite happy doing that. You know, I don't really know why I like doing it. I know yeah, the one thing I think that is very important in life, and I want my kids to find, is an obsession with something. Hopefully, a healthy obsession. I know I'm obsessed with it because I love it and I hate it as well, but I keep going back to it. And um, uh, there's something about it that really intrigues me. As we were saying just now, it's got nothing for me to do with love of film. I do love film, but that's not why I do it. It's exploration of characters. I've got no idea. Like in my head, I don't know how to act really. I know how to play certain characters, and that's it. But uh, you know, uh, these actors who can come in and just sort of play one character and a different character, I have no idea how they do that at all. Maybe that takes some training, which I lack and I've never had um, at all. Um, so that's how I look at it. I just look at it as I'm someone who studies one person in great depth, and that's it. Um, Maybe and then other journalist. people decide. You know what? Uh, what to call that? Yeah, maybe you're more of like a journalist. You investigate, and uh, I like in some sense you calling me an investigator. <laughs> that feels important. Yeah. Well, that having been said, is there any like? Do you subscribe to Stanislavski at all? I mean, you know, there's absolutely people, nothing. I have no idea what any of it really yeah. means. I don't know what people peg you as method, but I don't think that's really like you're not like I I'm don't a method know actor. What it is? Yeah. You know, I mean, I go, what does that mean? You know. Um, I, I, you know, if I have to get out to uh, a scene and they're waiting for me, um, and it's a western, I'm not going to say, is there a horse? Can I ride a horse? No, <laughs> otherwise I walk. No, I'm not going in the car. <laughs> I, that to me, I go, is that method? Because I'm, I cannot use anything but what they would have had at the time. No, I'll be jumping in the car. I'm getting wired. I've got a mic on me. I, you know, in, in, I, I, you have to you know use your imagination Mm -hmm. um uh for me uh i think maybe people say method maybe because i find it very difficult to jump in and out of being me Mm. and then being a character if i'm just me on a set i can't play a character because people know me too much and i can't stop so i'll start coming out with things that are me answering the question instead so I do arrive on the set always going I want to be more the character than me but that's because probably because I've had no training and I don't know how to switch it on and off really quickly and so people go oh he's method mm-hmm. uh, I don't know yeah was this one a particularly hard one to shake given you know as I was talking about that shot and how it's just this calcification of hate I mean the man is kind of just years of hatred built up to the point that he's yeah. just numb and uh so was that a difficult one to shake at the end of each day no because i think he's very soulful underneath you know and um he's very smart he recognizes that whilst he is the boss of his own domain um that he is uh, a puppet um, uh, 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 and the puppet masters of the politicians back in DC 
and uh, very much for me it's an indictment of uh, politics and politicians um, these men who go and live and die based on decisions that are made in Washington and then whimsically they make uh, a different choice um, and so he's somebody who has uh, uh, done horrendous things uh, seen horrendous things done to friends of his um, you know had to listen to friends of his screaming in pain and dying you know for years and years um, uh, no he, he, he in the big picture um, he uh, is, is not the victim of genocide you know he is enacting that um, but for him he's doing his duty he's a soldier and, um, and he, he, he does it well and comes to like every soldier seems to talk about um you know when you when you, you when your brother in arms is um, killed mutilated then you cannot help but start to accrue hatred for the person who did that whether or not you ever would have had any hatred for them in the first place in fact i look at blocker and yellowhawk and say well blocker would be yellowhawk in yellowhawk's position and there is a great respect between the two of them mm-hmm. um and uh, we see them come to uh, a give up the 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 armor around uh, each one of them each of them as they get closer to for blocker uh, civilization is that something you know, that kind of rings in the contemporary in a certain sense so it's not yeah it's not no, like I you think can I think it's very similar there's, there's no difference it's not like you can you know track down a, an old civil war veteran or something like that and talk to them but like did, how did you prepare in terms of talking to people and maybe trying to build the character that way, well, or did you? I used experience from actually past times going and talking with Marine Recon groups down at Pendleton, um, hearing the difference between them speaking in groups and speaking uh, one-on-one, um, uh, looking at the Army Times, which is uh, very surprisingly open about the psychology of combat and how it affects soldiers and uh uh, one of the first uh, publications to really start talking about PTSD, which obviously in the time of hostiles, people didn't even, it wasn't a thing. There wasn't melancholia. Maybe some people called it that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just uh, uh, ignored, really, on, 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 on the uh, most part. Um, uh, and then what I, what I thought about was, well, what would his childhood have been? He would have been born in 1950, Soldiers were not meant to be fighting in the Civil War at 12 years old, but they were. There were plenty of 12, 13, 14-year-olds fighting. So I said, all right, he was at Shiloh, right in the middle of the hornet's nest. Um, That's what he's been brought up on. That's what he understands. That's what he does best. And and, uh, it's ingrained, you know, in his marrow. Yeah. You also learned the the Cheyenne language for this role, right? Which I'm always fascinated about language because it it can reveal, uh, you know, how how culture communicates with one another within it. Yeah. it. Reveals a lot about that culture, and I'm just curious, just beyond the nuts and bolts of how to speak it, did learning Cheyenne reveal anything to you about the Cheyenne people that was? Of there, there were fascinating things that Chief Philip would teach me, which I, I, I don't, I do apologise. It's been a year, and I'm, I, I, I can't go into great details, but more of a circular thinking than a linear thinking. Hmm. Um, and um, and I liked using that with Blocker that he's a very linear thinker. You know, he's he's uh, d- d- very um, short and abrupt. Um, but he he truly understands um, his 
you know enemy who he's been forced to be his enemy you know um he's not his true natural enemy whatsoever it's it's just because he's been told he has to go do this that it's become so um but uh, uh yes a very a very different way of thinking a uh sense of um a forgiveness towards him that absolutely kills him you know that that, that he sees that yellowhawk is capable of that affects him uh, deeply um and there ju- just a sense in himself of understanding he is attacking their land they are defending their land there's an enormous difference in that he may now be fighting um uh, out of sincere uh, grief because of lost loved ones but uh, they arrived and were taking you know the land this is an act of genocide um, so that that he that's always present in his mind in his dealings with Yellowhawk, even though he doesn't want to let that show mm-hmm. um, uh, 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 at all. And um, and this uh, this 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 sense of forgiveness that Yellowhawk has, which helps him in many ways to actually learn how to be human and interact again after so many years, just in the the company of men who kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, talk, just talking to Scott about this yesterday, actually, um, the horsemanship element of this. Uh, he said that, you know, the, I guess it was the Wrangler or somebody uh, mentioned that he had never seen an actor and his horse so you know, at one with each other. Uh, yeah, so, I love so, that horse. Seeker, his uh, name is. Yeah, we just used him again in a film I just finished doing. Uh, yeah, no, it, uh, yeah, it, 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 he definitely was assessing me for a while. <laughs> and I was failing to begin with. He wasn't. Uh, he wasn't responding. He could. He could tell that I wasn't up to it. And then. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, I just kept practicing and practicing. And eventually, he went. Yep. All right. He's. He's. He's my man. You know. I'll do what he's asking me to. And he was incredible. Then. How far back does your experience with horses go? Um, it goes because we all piled into a van when I was a kid and disappeared off to Portugal. Um, and didn't go to school for a year we just kind of lived on a farm and sort of led this sort of barefoot um huckleberry finn kind of existence for a bit and there was this uh, eccentric lady who had a horse stables and she um after having a few that day <laughs> she took me into a lunch paddock and it's the first time i'd been on a horse i'd been run over by horses by little shetland ponies but it was in a lot of mud and bizarrely they actually they, they stamped on my chest which they rarely do but um, I was in mud, so it didn't cause a lot of damage. But she put me in lunging paddock, bareback, and just had me riding bareback, cantering around, laying backwards, laying forwards, laying sideways, standing up on the horse, all of that. So you just get very comfortable. So my technique is probably abysmal, but I feel <laughs> like I know how to stay on that horse. You yeah. know, I've been bucked off a bunch of times. I would take this horse down to the beach. I was like uh, 11. It was Portugal. It was, you know, the early 80s. We would, she would just let us take the horses. Me, my sister, we'd head down to the beach. You know, she, she never asked us for anything. Um, <laughs> we'd just take them. They would gallop. We'd go to a local bar. It was Portugal. They didn't care. <laughs> I'd go in there. I'd get a beer at that age. We'd be, like, wrapping up our horses outside, and then we'd sort of fall asleep, and the horses yeah. would walk us back. So I had a nice comfort uh, and a history cool. um, with horses, and this horse seeker is uh, extraordinary. I guess that adds a whole other element, though, when you're trying to act on top of a horse, though, right? I mean, you've got your mind on 
yeah, no, the yeah, horse yeah, yeah you can't be you can't be worried about the horse you got yeah. you got it's just got to be second nature yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, this is one another of many many explorations in another dialect, another culture that you've you know explored throughout your career. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I don't think you've ever played a Welshman. Is that true? Uh, it's very true. Yeah, yeah. No, no, is, is, have. Is that's that, funny, isn't it? Yeah. yeah I, I, just, I mean, uh, saying that though, I mean, I, I was born on a dairy farm in Wales. Um, but I was only there until I was one and a half. Right. I don't have memories of it. I only remember just, uh, you know, I've visited. Uh, I've gone back to Haverford West. Uh, but I don't remember, actually, you know, yeah. until the age of one and a half. Who does? Well, I just had this strange kind of question of, do you ever sense or feel like you, given that you explore so many different things that are different from your own background, do you ever feel like a sense of losing yourself through all of these different explorations? Does that make any sense? Uh, what you mean in my life? Yeah, uh, just losing touch with your own, I don't know, not heritage, but just like having you, never... You, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. I think, I think. I, well, let, you tell me if you if I get what you mean. Uh, whilst you're filming, yes, you do feel that because you, you, you just the way that I approach things, I think that maybe better trained actors might be able to hang on to themselves a little bit better mm -hmm. I'm not suggesting I'm sort of some victim of what I do I'm in control right. of it all the time but I don't know how to do it unless I kind of keep that character present an awful lot and so you know like I was saying to my family this morning I'm back I'm talking again you know the <laughs> character wasn't a big chatty Cathy and now all of a sudden it's like I just want to talk a mile a minute There's a, you do feel a release like I'm me yeah. again there's a freedom to it um, but I enjoy that. It's interesting, you know. Uh, I've never, never had, uh, you know, a year go by without pretending to be somebody else. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's healthy or not, but <laughs> it is what it is. It's a living. <laughs> yeah. And it's more than that as well. And I like it being, I like it trying to be more than that. You know, as an Englishman, you sort of try to downplay always the meaningfulness of things because it's 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 not that it's not meaningful it's incredibly meaningful to me but i don't like to announce that because you hope that it's in the eye of the beholder you mm -hmm. know it's up to them hey it is what they think it is mm -hmm. they think it's horrible it is horrible they mm -hmm. think it's fantastic it is fantastic it's whatever they think it is it's not for me to tell anybody what they think it is but you know there's a, there's you know hey look we're all living our lives we want it to be as um you know uh, fulfilling as we as as it can be so you want to try and do that in every moment so i try to incorporate that in the acting as well make that meaningful um and uh, yeah inevitably sometimes you do especially on very long shoots you kind of go where have i gone like who am i <laughs> right now you do feel a little bit like sometimes you're treading water mm -hmm. and is this really healthy mm -hmm. um but like i said with any obsession you sort of can't help but uh, kick it you, do you, you, know, you can't help but want to get back to it you don't want to kick it do you ever think about uh hanging it up I mean, we've got this all the big, time, all the yeah. time. I'm always doing that. I love it. I hate it. I think that is the nature of uh, being obsessed with something, isn't it? It's you know because it can be so satisfying. It can also be so disappointing as well. Um, and uh, you know, there's many different elements to doing this. You know, um, sometimes you look and you go, man, it's not the sort of uh, purest thing I thought it was going to be always. Um, but, uh, you know, hey, that's life. You deal with it. And, uh, you know, um, I'm not going to whine about it at all. Um, 
but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm constantly saying ah yeah I think that's it and then I kind of sit back and go what else can I do <laughs> and I don't often come up with an answer particularly that seems to be what uh, Daniel Day-Lewis is doing lately like he's he's hanging it up now but I, I feel like he'll be back right I get very strong compulsions to hang it up but I'll just never say that because um, with you on that I suspect <laughs> I probably will uh, you know prove myself a liar down yeah. the track <laughs> Um, do you feel like there are things still left undone for you in terms of this career? I hope so. You know, like I if mean, you were to hang it up today, would you feel like I've done what I wanted to do? I've done more than I ever thought. You know, I didn't. I didn't expect to to have done but, uh, what I've done. I didn't dwell on it an awful lot. I didn't. I was just sort of in the moment, going, "Hey, this is pretty good. You know, this is nice. I didn't see this coming, and uh, you know, it kind of happened, and uh, here we are." Um, but uh, you know, of course, you know, it would be uh, it'd be sort of a little death, wouldn't it, if you find that ah, you've actually sort of crossed every Rubicon you possibly can? So I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about Scott Cooper a little bit. Um, like I said in Telluride to you, I, I feel like. When you work with Scott, he brings some of your best work out. I, I yeah. still think that Out of the Furnace and certainly Hostiles is some of your finest work. Mm, thank you. So that relationship, can you talk about that? And, and uh, you know, that's certainly just my opinion, but why do you think it is that you turn up different it's, work with it's, him? It's a funny thing. He, he, he just, um, he, he kind of, there's this invisible quality to Scott, which, which I mean is a compliment in that, he doesn't attempt to kind of imprint himself upon his films. He likes to. He really loves the characters. Maybe it comes from acting. I'm not really sure um, why that is. I don't really think we need to analyse it. Um, but uh, he he just um, it just feels very simple. It feels very conversational. He likes uh, seeing what I'm going to come up with. Um, he likes asking what the hell was that all about why was I doing that you know I like having a given an answer to that um, um, it's uh, it's just a very good and easy going back and forth you know um, there's uh, there's very you know just sort of very straightforward talk between the two of us we we like analyzing the hell out of everything and then kind of forgetting that and pushing it away and just going with your gut um, but with all of that knowledge that you've gained through sort of analysing the hell out of it previously, mm-hmm. um, it's there always in the, in, the, in the back of your mind, so it kind of brings itself to the fore when you are sort of going just with your gut and what feels right. And that's the essence of it. It feels right, you know. I like working with him as much as any director I've ever worked with. You know, he's, he's extraordinary. And just to branch out away from Hostiles a little bit, I wanted to cover some other things here. Uh it only occurred to me as I was prepping that this year is the 30th anniversary of Empire of the Sun. Oh, right, yeah. 30 years. Mm. Um, you know, I, I feel... I know, I've been doing this way too long. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm trying to push you to quit, by the way. <laughs> it's amazing that I've been doing this for 30 years and I have no advice for people starting out in acting. I still don't. You get I asked never a lot? When people ask me, wait, what's, you know, how do you do it? I go, I don't know. And they go, really? <laughs> They're so heartbroken. Like, yeah, 33 <laughs> decades, and I still don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't. And I do that with every single part that comes up. I, I get it, and then I go, oh, God, what have I done? I've forgotten how to do this. And I sort of, uh, you know, f- f- try to figure out how to, how to, how to you know, 
get my way out of this one and you know convince people that I do know what I'm doing and um, and it really ends up kind of being sort of a dialogue with yourself really is the way is the answer to mm. me always it's always just like in keeping myself interested and um, and that's when um, it, you know ironically that also seems to be when people seem to respond most mm -hmm. is when I'm actually not thinking about them mm -hmm. in the slightest you know at all um, and, uh, and, and and one consistent thing is always be very very happy making a fool out of yourself you know in that <laughs> it's not you it isn't you up there so don't get hung up on being embarrassed don't get embarrassed mm -hmm. don't, you know just push all that out of the way it's not you you know, and until you do that, I think that I think that it must be a horrible job. But the minute that you kind of have this <laughs> great realization bit, that yeah. it's not you, it doesn't matter what you do, it's not you in that moment. You know, yeah. Um, then then you really start to find uh, some uh, some joy in it. Well, that performance uh, from Empire of the Sun, I, I find it to be still one of the greatest uh, child actor performances of all time uh, I, I don't think Spielberg is often talked about in terms of how he works with actors right. uh, people tend to talk about the spectacle of, of it all but I'm curious yeah. what, what you took away from that experience what impact did he have on you as a young man finding your voice as an actor it's not, it's not fresh in my memory but it's good it's for me it's it's during the process good memories afterwards bad memories but that's because of the way people reacted and I saw that oh they were treating me differently so that I hated but during it nothing but good memories of the process how did Stephen work with me um, I remember him saying he always liked my first take best and um, you know, it occasionally just sort of mess around with me off camera and stuff. But uh, um, you know, I, ju I just, I just, I just, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed being away from school. <laughs> I really enjoyed traveling places. I really enjoyed the sort of community that you felt in making the film. Um, and um, and I and I liked even at that age, even at twelve, thirteen, that I, I liked uh, trying to figure out how to be this other person, you know, who came from a totally different background to me. Um, and I and I really enjoyed that. It just I don't know where that comes from, but mm -hmm. it just really kicked in there of me going. I, I love this uh, this this you know it being necessary to obsess about a person for a certain amount of time I, you know even at that age I went ah I get a kick out of this yeah I enjoyed ha it have you ever seen there, somebody put together a video uh, where they took you your scene from Rescue Dawn where you're talking to Steve Zahn and you are describing essentially a scene from Empire of the Sun where you the, oh, with the, the, kid the pilot going looking by. Yeah, over. Yeah. Right, it was a true story in Dieter's childhood. Yeah, you would yeah. see the fighter pilots and, and they were, you know, they were strafing his uh, uh, house and neighborhood and instead of him hating them, he looked and said, I want to be them. And yeah. exactly like on the rooftop in Empire of the Sun, he looks at them and they're like gods to him. Yeah. It, it, they, they edited that together and it felt like flashback. It was kind of That's amazing. Interesting. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. <laughs> Uh, also, uh, your work with Chris Nolan on the Batman franchise obviously launched this whole new level of exposure for you. Yeah. And something I'm curious about is just as someone who is so fiercely protective of keeping your personal life private, right. 
did that provide just a mixed blessing in the absolutely end? yeah mixed emotions about it i'm always eternally grateful to chris because it, it allowed i mean for instance rescue dawn Werner and i had been trying to put that together for a few years um american psycho mary harron and i had been trying to put that together for a few years no one was interested why because of me mm-hmm. they kept saying why do you want him for it chris cast me in batman and suddenly you know i mean american psycho came before that i know that we had to fight tooth and nail for it, you know, to, to do that and everything. But, you know, like uh, suddenly everyone said, yeah, all right, okay, yeah, we'll go with him. Um, it did change everything. Um, uh, you know, uh, it was the first uh, um, time I, I'd done a film of that magnitude. Uh, that was a real uh, learning uh, curve for me um, uh, with it. And... Um, um, it did change things. Um, I wrestled with it for a long time. I still do on occasions, but um, you know, I'm I'm learning. Just hey, man, accept accept the good things. You know, bring bring focus on all, all the good side of it. And yeah, it's brought me that that. Like I said earlier, way more than I ever could have expected. You know, I'm not talking financially. I'm talking in terms of opportunities. I'm talking in terms of the people I get to meet, the access, you know, the opportunities in work um, uh, with that, you know. Um, and um, and uh, so, you know, that will always be uh, very, very, very special for me, despite the fact that much of my memories of it is sitting in a pup tent uh, just waiting. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big movie. Because at my, at my suggestion, I said, no one can ever see me without the cowl on. They cannot. You cannot bust you yeah. know blow apart that mystery so we must not so i've got to be in a tent the whole time and then seven months later i'm like oh my god this was my idea <laughs> wasn't it i'm still in it oh. <laughs> well the irony there is that i think uh <clears throat> the the american psycho performance is what led a lot of the kind of fan world to include you on these kind of fan lists of who they wanted to see as Bruce Wayne eventually oh, interesting, in yeah. the early 2000s, early yeah. aughts. So uh, there you have it. Well, I guess, you know, the true fans always saw that, you know, Bruce Wayne had this great darkness to him. Yeah. You know, there is a there is a philanthropy, obviously, hopefully there, but it is something he's having to battle a monster, you know, within himself. And so I suppose that uh, in that respect, you know, Bateman, Batman, uh, they, they started <laughs> to see that, well, maybe this guy can do it. Yeah. Have you seen Dunkirk yet? I loved it. Isn't man, it? So I kind of, you know, knowing Chris, I feel like it's the culmination of so much that he's been uh, uh, aiming for and that he's been achieving incredible films beforehand. But that is just like blissful watching mm-hmm. that film. I was mesmerized by it. Yeah, I think it might be his best work. It's mm. uh, it, There's this moment in the middle of it where it kind of clicked for me what he was doing with the timelines. and I just Oh, the timelines are fantastic, aren't they? I said, you wow, know? out loud. I was just like, wow, yeah. in the middle of the yeah. theater. It's yeah. just... And, I, and it, for me, I looked at it for a bit, and I was being too cerebral about it. I was looking at uh, one week, you know, one day, et cetera, and mm. I was going, oh, trying to work it out. And I was enjoying that. And then I went, no, hold on, I'm thinking. Too. I just like let it happen. And that's when I really started to enjoy the whole experience. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's an incredible film. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I had Andy Serkis in here oh, yeah. a few weeks back oh. uh, talking about his films yeah, this we're, year. We're making uh, The Jungle Book. Yes, yeah. and I wanted to talk about performance capture. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. What's very that technique like for you? You know, it's very interesting to me about that. Like, you know, is, is, is this just going to be something for very specific films, or is that the future of acting? 
Yeah. You know, I don't know. Because I've just gone through something where we used a great deal of prosthetics. Yeah. And we were talking about, you know, how amazing we felt War of the Planet of the Apes was, the fact of the expressions. Now, Jungle Book is different because of the physiognomy. You know, I'm playing Bagheera, the panther, so you've got to take somebody's face and actually really morph it, whereas mm -hmm. with an ape it's far more human mm -hmm. um, in respects. But there were scenes in the War of the Planet of the Apes where you just completely forgot that you were, that you were listening to apes talking. You yeah. know, these, the emotions were incredible. You know, Andy's clearly like you know the most experienced act actor out there, so he's a wonderful person to start with. Um, uh, with this, and uh, yeah, we're going to be doing a little bit more of that in a few days' time. Um, it's surprising you very quickly just get used to having the camera. You don't have to drop the weight really quickly ha ha for that. hanging around your head. Um, and uh, and then, you know, the question is, well, at what point are they going to be able to really get the human face and master that? Yeah. And at what point does that mean we lease our likenesses, essentially? Like, yeah, here Absolutely. you go, you can have my likeness and go make a film. You know, it, that which doesn't sound nice at all to me. That sounds <laughs> exactly. like horror. Um, but... Uh, you know, is there is there ever going to come a point where you go, oh, you know what, I'm going to be chubbier for this? Well, you you, you don't have to do anything. We're going to do that with digital <laughs> capture uh, later on, you know? Or will it be a world where, you know, prosthetics and digital capture kind of work together? Uh, I don't know the answer, but it's, it certainly was uh, very enjoyable. And Andy's just a hell of a fellow. We worked together back when I was 19, years back. Um, what was that? Uh, we did a uh, film based on Saxo Grammaticus's um, take on uh, uh, Hamlet, which was called uh, at the time Amled, uh, and mm. which is what Shakespeare then based Hamlet upon. It, he based uh, it on Saxo Grammaticus's work. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and yeah, being able to just hop back in and do whatever you're about to do, the reshoots, you don't have to lose everything that you've done for Cheney for that because it's no well, I'm just kind of you know bald bleached eyebrow canvas <laughs> right now so it's perfect because they, yeah. they put all these dots all over your face and they want to see your skin as much as possible so I'm actually in an ideal uh, state of uh, um, uh, being to, to be doing the motion capture you just wrapped that uh, the Dick Cheney yesterday thing yesterday yeah. with Adam McKay yeah uh, is it called Backseat? Is that what they're calling it? Um, or maybe not? It's probably not. That's probably the working title. Yeah, yeah. I've seen the photos on set. It was uncanny. Uh, you, you looked you look incredibly similar to the man. Uh, as a sort of scholar of this guy, you were played to hire, or hired to play. Uh, what did you learn about him that was striking? I learned a great deal. You know, the, it, 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 first off, just in terms of portrayal of a man like that, that you quickly realize that a mimicry is entertaining for, you know, skits, mm -hmm. five, ten minutes, but it's going to get very tiring over a film because you're going to be going, oh, stop trying so hard. You know what I mean? Like, give me some depth. Give me actually something. Give me a person properly. So that, the, the, you know, absolutely you should, you, should, you should try to get down those mannerisms exactly, but then relax a little bit mm -hmm. and just really go for the vibe of the person um, and hopefully we've achieved that and and you know like when you investigate any person no matter what your political leanings you are going to find things 
and people who you know despise the man are going to go how dare you say there are nice things about Cheney there absolutely are he is recognized by everybody as a very wonderful family man um, for instance you know when the Republican Party were, were absolutely you know is anathema to be gay his daughter came out as lesbian and he didn't hesitate hey I love you darling I'm, I'll always support you he didn't care what the party said um, at all um, but he was, you know, a highly opinionated man and very much into the strong unitary executive, which is, you know, extreme presidential powers. Um, and, um, you know, I came to believe that this is a man who, who uh, I, I, I could find no evidence that he financially gained. Yes, Halliburton, kind of their stock went through the roof. But uh, Obama continued to use Halliburton afterwards. Um, yes, ridiculous mistakes were made but then there's also what I attempted to do always was to really put myself in his shoes and not to judge him but to truly try to understand him and then it's for Adam to have the bigger perspective and that that's going to make a far more entertaining film with the confusion of really presenting a human um, mm -hmm. there rather than just sort of a caricature you know where clearly every filmmaker is just uh, anti Cheney. So I said that to Adam from the get-go. I said, I'm going to go for this. I'm going to be taking his point of view. You know, I'm going to be given every argument. There's a few arguments in there that I still can't understand. And unfortunately, I, I would have loved to have been able to meet the man. Um, but um, I went through doing months of research because I thought, you know, if he's going to give me the time of day, if... You know, maybe he'll say 10 minutes and he'll test me. And I thought, he'll test me. He'll really kind of, you know, run the gamut and uh, and be chucking out all these acronyms of facts and dates just to see if I've done my <laughs> homework. So I was like, I've got to have it all down. I can't be staring at notes. And then maybe, maybe he'll let me hang out for the day and I'll get to see the man actually in a, you know, somewhat, somewhat relaxed state as much as you can when, you, when, you, when you're interviewing somebody. But in their home territory and so I got to that point where I finally felt you know I've kind of cracked it like you know I, 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 I think I pretty much you know I mean you can never truly understand a whole person's life you're doing a two hour story you know mm -hmm. you're not doing a, an 80 year story but I said right I'm ready and I contacted production I said let's do it let's reach out and I've spoken with a couple of friends of his and they'd said he'd speak with you in a second Hmm. I don't know if that's correct or not, but they said, he's speaking in a second. There's nothing you can say that hasn't been said to him before, you know? He, absolutely. It's he, he But legal from the production side immediately said, do not go anywhere <laughs> near that. Do not go. And it was a strange experience because every single character I've played who's, who, who is alive, is a real character, I've always met. Hmm. And you gain an awful lot of knowledge from that, you know, because you're not seeing their public persona. You're seeing their, their you know, was somewhat their uh, private persona. Yeah. And I, I, I do rue that I didn't get that opportunity. Um, but so I had to, you know, use my imagination there in, 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 in how he would be. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of information out there. There's, there's lots of uh, video footage. There's many books, you know, uh, written by him, written by others. Um, and uh, you know, I, I was just buried uh, very deep in uh, in his in his world. Maybe you'll see him at the premiere. 
you started to touch on my next question which was just this idea of uh, avoiding uh, mimicry impersonation essentially you've played right. you know michael burry dickie eckland dieter dangler yeah uh, so yeah just finding ways to actually breathe life into the, the person as a character right not just as this uh, yeah you know well i think you kind of have to start from a real study of of yes there's mannerisms but but then you know that's a fairly shallow study, mm-hmm. and then you've got to start getting into why the hell are they doing what they're doing, and that's when it really starts to kick off. Yeah, and then you've got to get that freedom, you know, to to have a little bit of license in there, um, and uh, and do you know your version of of, of what that is. Um, otherwise, I think it just becomes very tedious of watching somebody really desperately trying to convince you that they are this person which is like nah, that's, ne- that's never going to happen you know you, you, you got to catch the uh, the whole um, you know at the, the whole aura of the person that's what you're going for yeah yeah uh, last thing for me here uh, with, with just the, the the sense of equality in the industry going on right now I, right. I find it interesting you've worked with a number of female directors yeah Gillian Armstrong Jane Campion Mary Heron Lisa Cholodenko yeah uh, do you, as someone who uh, of some status in this industry, I don't know, you know, if this is true, but presumably you could greenlight a movie. You're Christian Bale. Do you feel any kind of personal uh, responsibility to work with a wide gamut of? I think you pick somebody because they're the best at what they do. You know, sure. I think there's something patronizing about saying I, I would, I would, I would want to work with a female director because they are a woman. No, you work right, with them because they're bloody fantastic and they're talented. And there's many, many incredible, uh, talented uh, female directors. And uh, every single one that you just mentioned, I had an excellent experience with. You know, and and they were phenomenal. Um, you know, so uh, yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a huge cultural shift that's happening right now, and hopefully, it, it continues on. It doesn't just kind of become a fad that dies out. It doesn't look like it's going to be that way, right? Um, at all. Um, and uh, you know, all strength to it, and and, and equally, you know, in, in all respects, in terms of just sort of um, film, will only become far more interesting with way more uh, perspectives. Uh, are being included and that's everything you know that's 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 ethnicities that's um uh uh, uh, uh the whole the whole gamut you know uh, um and i would hope that uh you know america um uh, will w- would embrace that you know rather than kick against it yeah um uh because it would be much richer uh a library of uh, films that we would have uh, yeah. to watch yeah, well put. The movie is called Hostiles. It opens December 22nd. You should absolutely go see it. Christian Bale, thank you for being on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you, You Chris. don't do this a lot, so I'm, thank you very I feel much. very privileged. So I thank you so I much. I think it might be the first time I've done it. Maybe, but I've got a very short-term memory. A glance to the publicist <laughs> to make sure. Thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. All right, mate. Cheers. I don't know how you've done all these years. Seeing all the things you've seen doing, all the things you've done. Makes you feel inhuman after a while. Captain, you do know Chief Yellow Hawk. The Army wants to be certain that the Chief gets home to Montana safely without incident. I have any idea what he's done. He's a butcher. And the two of you ought to get along just fine. I'll kill savages, because that's my job. 
You have no idea what war does to men. I hate them. I got a war bag of reasons to hate them. This will be done, and it will be done by you. Parade's over. Put them in chains. You believe in the Lord, Joseph? Yes, I do. But he's been blind to what's going on out here for a long time. Understand this. When we lay our heads down out here, we're all prisoners. Tells me you ain't got the nerve to fire that woman. <laughs> 